भागवत वाहिनी चैप्टर थ्री चाइल्ड परीक्षित एंड द प्रोफेसी अलास इजी टू सफर एट लास्ट दिस ट्रैजिक फेट इज इज टू बी द रिवॉर्ड फॉर ऑल द गुड इन स्टोर फॉर हिम कैन द कॉन्सिक्वेंस ऑफ इयर्स ऑफ गुड लिविंग सडनली टर्न इन टू दिस कैलामिटस एन इट इज लेट डाउन that those who die drowning those who are killed by fall from trees and those who die of snake bite have a bad afterlife those are considered inauspicious deaths those whose deaths are such become ghosts and how to suffer it is said why should this child end up like that oh the horror of it oh the injustice of the whole thing lamented yudhishthira biting his lips to suppress his sorrow the brahmins hasten to console him maharaj there is no reason to give way to grief such a great man will never meet with such a tragedy no in the horoscope of this child studying the positions of the planets we can clearly notice two happy conjunctions which indicate vajra yoga and bhakti yoga both powerful and propitious therefore as soon as he learns of the curse he will give up his kingdom as well as his wife and children and retire to the bank of the holy bhagirathi river and surrender himself to the lord the great sage sukha son of vyasa will arrive there and initiate him into atma jnana self knowledge through the recital of the glories of lord krishna and the singing of his praise thus he will spend his last days on the sacred bank of ganga and breathe his last with the adoration of the lord how can such a man meet with any tragedy or calamity he will not be born again for through bhakti yoga he will attain oneness with the lord of all Purushottama Hearing these words Yudhishthira gave up grief and became happy If so this is no curse at all it is a unique boon At this everyone rose the brahmins were honored as befitted their learning and austerity they were given gems and silken clothes and the king arranged to send them home Yudhishthira and his brothers moved into their palaces but they spent many hours talking about the happenings of the day and of the fears luckily removed they were filled with joy at the turn the predictions had taken the baby grew in the lying in room as the moon in the bright half of the month since it was born as heir to the great empire after a succession of dire dangers everyone loved it and guarded it like the apple of the eye as the very breath of their lives draupadi who was broken by the loss of her own children the upapandavas subhadra who had suffered inconsolable loss in the death of abhimanyu and the pandava brothers who dreaded that the terrific sorrow of ashwatthama directed against the posthumous child of abhimanyu still in the womb of uttara might do the worst and destroy forever the pandava line all were relieved and overjoyed when they saw the child 
they were supremely happy. They spent the days trotting over the little lovely babe, whom they brought from the Zenena for the purpose whenever they felt the urge to see it and hold it in their arms. The child too was very bright. It seemed to watch the lineaments of everyone who fondled it and came before it. It stared into their faces long and longingly, always surprised at their strange behavior. Every person who came to it was subjected to this searching examination by the child, who seemed determined to trace someone or something in the world into which it was born. Some said, sadly, it is seeking its father, Abhimanyu. Others said, no, the child is searching for Lord Krishna. Some others opined that it appeared to be trying to discover some divine brilliance. The fact remained that the child was examining all for some trait or sign to recognize some form it had in mind. Pariksha, finding out, was the word used by everyone for the quest in which the child was engaged and so, even before the formal naming ceremony, everyone, both in the palace and outside it, began referring to the child as Parikshit, he who is engaged in Pariksha. That name, Parikshit, stayed. From the king to the farmer, from the scholar to the boor, from the monarch to the layman, everyone addressed the child as Parikshit or referred to him so. The fame of the child grew from day to day. It was on everyone's lips. One auspicious day, Yudhisthira had the court priest brought before him and he commissioned him to fix a good day for the ceremony of naming the child prince. The priest called together his group of scholars and astrologers and after consulting the conjunctions of heavenly bodies, they discovered a day which all of them agreed was a good one for the event. They also settled at what hour the actual naming has to take place. Invitations to attend the ceremony was sent to the rulers of the land and to scholars and pundits as well as prominent citizens. The king sent his emissaries to invite sages and personages full of spiritual wealth. Arjuna went to Lord Krishna and reverentially prayed that he should shower his grace on the child on the occasion. He succeeded in bringing Krishna when he returned. Kings, subordinate rulers and citizens got ready to receive Lord Krishna with respectful homage. The Pandava brothers, attired magnificently, waited at the main gate of the palace to offer him welcome. When the chariot of the Lord was sighted, drums sounded, trumpets pealed a mighty welcome, and joyous jays, victory too, rose from every throat. Yudhisthira approached the chariot and embraced the Lord as soon as he alighted. He held him by the hand and led him into the palace where a high throne was specially placed for him. After the Lord was seated, everyone occupied the seats according to their ranks and status. Sahadeva went to the inner apartments and the child was brought on a gold plate, resplendent as the sun, 
made more charming by magnificent jewels. The priests recited mantras, invoking the gods to bless the child and confer on him health and happiness. Sahadeva laid the child down in the center of the court hall. Maids and chamberlains came in long lines towards the place where the prince was, holding in their hand gold plates full of perfumes and flowers, silks and brocades. Behind specially fitted curtains, the queens Rukmini, Draupadi, Subhadra and Uttara were rejoicing at the happy scene watching the gambols of the child. Sahadeva took the child and placed it on a bed of flowers in the mantap, sacrificial enclosure that was erected for the naming ceremony. But the child rose upon all fours and started crawling bravely on, in spite of the remonstrations of the maids. Apparently, it wanted to proceed somewhere. The efforts of Sahadeva to stop its journey proved futile. Yudhisthira, who was observing its movements with interest, said with a smile, Sahadeva, do not stand in the way. Leave him alone. Let us see what he does. And Sahadeva left his hold. He allowed the child to move wherever he liked. Only he took care to keep his eye always on him. He followed him at every step vigilantly. The child, who got freedom of movement, soon made a beeline towards the place where Lord Krishna was seated, as if he was a long acquaintance whom he was seeking to meet. The child grasped the feet of Krishna and pleaded by his looks that he may be taken onto the lap and fondled. The Lord saw his yearning. He laughed aloud. He graciously bent low to lift the child onto his lap. Sitting on his lap, the prince was staring at the Lord's face without a wink. He did not turn his head this way or that, or pull at anything with his hands or make any sound. He just sat and stared. Everyone was amazed at this behavior, so unlike that of a child. Even Krishna shared in the feeling that pervaded the hall. Turning to Yudhishthira, Krishna said, I did not believe when I was told that this child stared at everyone who came before him and examined their lineaments. I thought it was a new explanation given by these priests to the usual prank and play of children. Now, this is really wonder. The fellow has started examining even me. Well, I shall test his behavior a little myself. Then, the Lord tried to distract the attention of the child from himself by placing before him a variety of toys and himself hiding from the view. He expected that the child will soon forget him, but the child's attention was not drawn to any other object. He had fixed his eye on the Lord himself, and he was seeking him and no other. He was trying to move towards the place where he imagined Krishna was. When his attempts to transfer the attention of the child from himself failed, Lord Krishna declared, 
This is no ordinary child. He has won through my tests. So, the name Parikshit is the most appropriate one for him. He lives up to it already. At this, the pundits recited verses indicating the blessings from the child. The Brahmins recited relevant passages from the Vedas. The music of trumpets rent the air. Women sang auspicious songs. The family preceptor dipped a nine-gem jewel in a golden cup of honey and wrote the name on the tongue of the child. On the rice grain spread on a gold plate, the name was written and the rice was showered on the head of the child in token of prosperity and happiness. The naming ceremony was thus celebrated in a grand style. Men and women who attended were given presents as befitted their rank and they departed. Everyone was talking appreciatively of the wonderful way in which the child sought out the lap of the Lord. Many praised the steady faith the child had already attained. Yudhishthira, who was puzzled at the unique behavior of the child, approached Vyasa, the great sage, to know from him the reason for the strange search and learn about the consequences of this attitude. Vyasa said, Yudhishthira, when the child was in the womb of Uttara, the deadly arrow that Ashwatthama aimed at it in order to destroy it was about to hit its target when Lord Krishna entered the fetal home and made it safe and saved it from destruction. This child, therefore, has been eager to know who had saved him from within the womb where he lay. He started examining everyone to find out whether he had the same effulgence that he saw while a fetus in the womb. Today, he saw that divine form with all its splendor and so, he moved straight towards Lord Krishna and prayed to be taken up and seated on the lap. This is the explanation for the strange behavior about which you are curious to know, O King. Hearing these words of Vyasa, Yudhisthira shed tears of joy and thankfulness. Overjoyed at the limitless grace of the Lord, he paid his reverential homage.